Hey guys, welcome back for another podcast of Yeah, I'm Working On It. I'm your host, Wayne Cornwell, and I have a special treat, uh, and we're going to be doing this moving forward. Um, I have three qualified, highly qualified gentlemen joining me, Mr. Will Tabor, Brother Scooter, our pastor here at First Baptist Finette, and then, of course, we have Ethan Stewart. Of course. Yeah! So we got Mr. Brother and title. And the crowd goes crazy. But I did get, of course. (laughs) That's right. So, I mean, we saved the best for last. There you go. The most qualified. Oh, my. Not that. So, I will say that, you know, for our avid listeners, which is 3% in Germany, by the way, I'm just saying, (laughs) um, we are going to have a podcast that will never be published because uh, Wayne's not smart enough to figure out how to get four tracks in, and we recorded on three different microphones, uh, so that's not going to happen. It was the best one the show ever made. That's true. We talked about a pickle parade. Yep. That's a real thing. It's a real thing. It actually happened this weekend in Mansfield, Texas. Oh. Yeah, because that's where Best Made Pickles uh, factory is. Well, I know that Ethan's uh, dad has been playing pickleball. Does that everything to do with pickle parades? Mm. I don't know. It. No. Never played. I don't know what pickleball is. No. Is it anything like corf ball? Because that's a real sport. Mm. Speaking of uh, no obscure sports, I don't Quarterly. know. Apparently, they're turning out in droves in Beaumont to play pickleball. Yeah. Well, it's the new thing for old people it's to do. It's the new corf ball. <laughs> What's the old corf ball? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a story about that later. I, I have a family member that so, so played bo- on the national team. I'm oh, not, I'm not Nas- even kidding. National corfball. I'm not kidding. National corfball yep. team. Yep. Sounds like something out of Harry Potter, but yeah. not quite the standard version of Harry Potter. <laughs> so we are going to be in First Thessalonians today. Um, we're going to talk about the church in Thessalonica, and. Um, Mr. Ethan, why don't you take it away for us, brother? Just like the intro? Anything you want to talk about. Okay. Um, Likely the second of Paul's letters, of the Pauline letters, as some like to say. Potentially the first. Potentially the first. There's some some discrepancy over uh, 50 to 52 AD for both Galatians and the Thessalonians' uh, first letter. Uh, so, uh, one of the first letters back to uh, church bodies planted by Paul and Silas in this case. First missionary journey being Paul and Barnabas. First started the second journey with Barnabas as well, where they split up. And um, Paul goes with Silas, John Mark with Barnabas. And so this is writing back to the church in Thessalonians. Uh, which comes out of Acts chapter 17, uh, 1 through 10, I believe, or so, 1 through 11. Yeah. And uh, pretty encouraging. Yep. This is the first chapter this morning, so we've got a lot to... Yes. Where is Thessal... Yeah, that place. Thessalonica? Thessalonica. Thessaloniki, I think. No, now, it's, now they've changed it to yeah. Thessaloniki. Oh, Thessaloniki. Yeah. Uh, Greece. Almost the westernmost of the cities uh, on the missionary journeys. Can you imagine if the 
Spartan 300 were Thessalonikian. Thessalonikian? I'm not that, sure I would distinguish the that. difference. <laughs> this is Thessalonica! Niki! <laughs> yeah. Not as daunting. No. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the and I actually mentioned a bit of what we would think of uh, Greek culture uh, being that uh, they you know, followed after many gods. It was a a new concept to have a, a single god uh, to worship follow after yeah because yeah, we you know we talked about this morning in greek in greek culture they had a god for everything right i mean and almost that if you didn't like what this god was doing to you you could turn to another one and hopefully seek its approval or, or blessing right and when paul's coming through uh we see in first thessalonica uh, Thessalonica, First Thessalonians, that you know, you see in here the you have turned the world upside down, right? Yep, that's what they were uh, being persecuted for. The jealous Jews turning them in. I think that was Acts seventeen. Is that what we talked about? Yeah, they were there for what three weeks? Yeah, uh, seventeen verse six. Yeah, these people who have stirred trouble throughout the world have come here too. Uh, acting against Caesar decree, saying there's another king uh, other than uh, King Caesar. His name's Jesus. Yeah, we and we see that, you know, in in the Gospels as well, and through Jesus' story, right? The 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 religious, um, uh, what do we want to call them? Leaders. Leaders. Yeah. Um, they they kind of post their own agenda because they're not getting the response um, from their own people uh, that Paul or Jesus was getting um, through this ancient world. Right? We see we see a lot of this um, agenda type persecution going on, which we still see today. Yeah. So so Paul has gone up to Thessalonica at the time and he's like three weeks there and there's an uproar right there's a mob and they're after him and they sneak away in the night right meanwhile the people that left are left behind are persecuted Paul and and his team go elsewhere for ministry for a while right back to it and then he's writing this letter after a report comes from Timothy uh, about how this church is doing that he had only been around for three weeks and he's He's, uh, he's pleased to hear the report. Um, sounds like they're a good example of what a church should be doing. And I would point out um, that um, when they were complaining about uh, what um, uh, Paul and uh, his followers were doing, they actually mischaracterized uh, the message. Um, they said Paul was preaching about uh, another king. And, but the, the language that is recorded in the scripture is that Paul was talking about the Messiah, not a king. He was not talking about a political issue. He was talking about a spiritual issue. Uh, but um, they knew that uh, reporting a spiritual issue wasn't going to get them much ground. And they would get a whole lot more traction with the government if they characterized his message as a political one. So they mischaracterized him in order to, uh, to get him in um, hot water. That's a good point because he's speaking spiritually. They're saying what they have to say to the secular authorities to, to turn their ears. But it says their motivation is that they were jealous. They weren't even 
they weren't even spiritually offended. They were jealous of of the I guess the following that they were they were rapidly attracting to the truth, and that was their motivation. And also, I think uh, you know we talked about this morning, maybe jealous that uh, the, the the Greeks were getting attention over over the Jews. So while Paul is doing his his best effort at starting with the Jews, first with the Jews, going straight to synagogues. We see in Acts 17, you know, when, when they proceed to Berea, he, he follows the same pattern. And the, I think it's verse 1 or so of, of 17 saying, just having come from Philippi, you know, and still following in the same pattern, going first to the, uh, to the synagogue, that he's, he's preaching in a synagogue to the Jews, but it's, then it mentions uh, Greek believers in great number. Uh, so, I don't know if uh, if Jewish uh, if if they would then become jealous if if Paul refocused his efforts or uh, if that adds to the jealousy. So, do we like see a current day example of something like this going on? Can y'all like think of anything like that? Well, I know a, I know a story of a, of a missionary in India. That went off to the. It's not. It's not like this. It's not like he went to a Jewish synagogue or anything. <laughs> but uh, he did go to his hometown that he had left and came to know the Lord, and uh, it changed his whole life. And he decided he wanted to be a minister of the gospel. And after going to uh, seminary, said, "I'm going right back to my hometown. So I want them to be saved. I want them to know the truth." And uh, uh, he found out that. Another person had attempted to evangelize that area, and they were very quickly killed, and uh, they rolled them out of town in tires, and that was the reception the gospel got there the first time. But out of that town, uh, that happened when he was a child, so he'd only heard that story. But yet, some seed was planted, and this guy ends up getting out and becoming a minister of the gospel and going elsewhere throughout the country which I know is not exactly what's going on here, but from a persecution standpoint, hostile to the gospel right off the bat, mm-hmm. uh, that, that is still happening. We don't really see that as much in the U.S., at least not in this form. No, I think in the United States and in Canada, we're starting to see uh, more of a feelings-type um, uh, breakdown of the gospel, right? Like it's offensive. We're seeing a lot of people... Um, getting their feelings hurt uh, because this doesn't align, and I say that in air quotes, align with their personal agenda or their personal freedoms, right? Uh, So we see in um, Canadian churches that they're limiting what they're allowed to talk about in Canadian churches, right, Scooter? That's what I understand, yes, that they uh, often mischaracterize, and and I, I think we hear that a lot when they say that we're not tolerant. With that, what they're saying is, you don't agree with me, so you're not tolerant. And it's like, well, it's not that I don't like you or I don't even love you. I just don't agree with you. But please don't characterize that as not being tolerant. Um, I'm just telling you that my opinion on whatever it might be, it's different than yours. And, uh, and it's wrong for someone else to characterize that as, uh, as a failure to be tolerant. I mean, in, in, in Jesus's, you know, ministry, he... He blatantly tells his apostles, you're, you're going to be run out of town. You're going to be hated. 
you're going to leave your family. Your brothers are going to be against you. Your mom and dads are going to be against you. But the ultimate commandment is to follow me, right? So, I mean, I think we're seeing that more so evident in this 20... Is, are we in the 21st century or 22nd? What are we in right now? So 21st. 21st. I'm jumping ahead. Uh, we're seeing that more evident, more prominent in the 21st century. I mean, you know, if we really look at a lot of, like, testimonies that we've heard over the years... Ask some of these guys who have been saved if they have gone back and hung out with some of their pre- previous running mates or if any of their previous running mates even talked to them because they couldn't put the bottle down or they couldn't, you know, stop idolizing something that is not Jesus Christ, right? Well, I think we're seeing a lot of I think we're seeing a lot of personal agenda getting in the way of the gospel message anymore. And of course, Jesus predicted this. You know, he said that this is going to happen. You said tolerant. Uh, you, you know, that's tolerance is one of those um, <laughs> trigger words for me because it gets misused. So, Pastor Scooter, you said tolerance. So, I just looked up the definition. It says uh, marked by forbearance or endurance. Synonyms include long suffering, patient. So, as Christians, we're actually called to be tolerant, if that's what that means, uh, while yet uh, speaking the truth in love and disagreeing with many of those people around us. So th- disagreement is actually sort of inherent in the definition of tolerant. You have to first have something different before you can tolerate it. Uh, and I find that those that are calling for tolerance are usually the least tolerant. Indeed. Yeah, and uh, I, I was just going to add uh, for the, uh, yeah, sorry, you know, that uh, in First uh, Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, we have kind of a, a, a typical Pauline statement on, you know, um, where he would say, you know, be imitators of me as I'm an imitator of Christ, that uh, Paul was uh, unashamedly living in a, in a certain way that he felt like was Christ-like, so much so that uh, he's, you know, he tries to remind them in Thessalonians that uh, remember the the character that we displayed for you uh, while we were there. And in the three weeks, you know, three Sabbaths, three to four weeks total time of, of their mission in Thessalonica, that their um, uh, their character immediately brought in, you know, a, a large amount of, of Greek believers. But then it was. Uh, and, and immediately made the Jews jealous so much as to, to kick them out quickly, where they had to, to sneak them out away. But that uh, if, you, if you go through the different um, cities that were along their missionary journeys, that there were some times where that character uh, was immediately rejected, and instead of adapting and trying to be all, I guess, be all things to all people, uh, they, would, they would just shake the dust off their feet and, and, and move on. Yeah, and I, I think this was brought up in our Sunday school lesson today, and I thought it was really a good point. You're, you're talking about um, going to these different cities and staying a certain amount of time. and But if you really look at the visitation from Paul, it it's the same algorithm straight to the synagogue, right? Like, we're not, we're, we, we discussed this today. 
we're not going straight to the most prominent church in the city and starting to preach the gospel. We're we're kind of looking at geographical locations and we're looking at how uh, fast a community is coming about or the economic situation of the um, the area that we want to plant a you know a church plant right. Um, we are also adhering to an algorithm type deal when we're doing it, a strategic church plant. Um, but I think it's very interesting that Paul would go to the the big building, start there, and we would see most of the time that the Gentiles were receiving his word more than who he was actually preaching to. Yeah, I mean, I, I see this. He would go to the Jewish population first and give them an opportunity Yet, knowing that most of the time that went pretty poorly, that was pretty rough. In fact, if we're looking at this time that he goes to Thessalonica, he's coming off of Philippi where he was put in prison. He goes to Thessalonica, there's a riot, (laughs) and then so he leaves in the night and goes straight to the next town synagogue and keeps going. But this time, they're more receptive. Uh, So it was was as if the Lord told him to do that, and he didn't know what the outcome was going to be, but he was faithful to continue. And I think that's an uh, outgrowth of the plan that uh, the gospel was to go to the, the Jews first and, uh, and then to the Gentiles. And another podcast would be a, an interesting discussion of what does it mean, how, did the, how, did, uh, how does Israel right now uh, still play into the plan of God uh, when it comes to um, eschatology and the end of the, the time and that kind of thing. They're, uh, there are those that still have a very strong opinion of uh, of the how the gospel will come to the Jews and, and uh, transform uh, Israel and transform Judaism, um, and so. Um, but that was Paul's plan: uh, follow first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. I think it's also interesting. We discussed this this morning. There was a phrase that was kicked around um, because when they <clears throat> when they mischaracterized the message, when they um, <clears throat> kind of framed it the way they wanted it framed, and uh, perhaps they still didn't get the response that they were expecting. So it says in, uh, in Acts chapter 17 and verse 5 that uh, these Jews that were jealous, uh, they rounded up some bad characters. What was that word that we were chuckling about this morning? Of the baser sort. The baser, the baser sort. Yes. Lewd, lewd and, men of the baser sort. Lewd men of the baser Thank sort. Thank you, King James. Yes. I think I've met a few of those in my life. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so just excluded. just a little plug. I was I was one of those men before I yeah. came to this church. Yeah. Such were all of us. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So yeah, they rounded up some uh, lewd men of the baser sort uh, from the marketplace. They formed a mob and they started a riot. And so um, yeah, if, if you don't like what's happening, uh, I think the uh, we see that the solution of the world is to form a mob and start a riot. I think we saw that in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Did we? I I feel like I've seen this movie, gentlemen. (laughs) But this time it was break the windows and steal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the set police cars on fire. (laughs) In this case, they did take money from the the um, Jason who was housing them. They let them go after they paid a fee. It always circles back to money mm-hmm. and keeping people comfortable who are already yes. comfortable. I, th- I think mine, uh, my version actually says they posted bond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they posted bond and let them go. 
So um, I thought, Ethan, you've got somebody in your family that's a oh, yeah. a bond man. Plug into Stuart Bail Bonding. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you have bounty hunters that you use? Uh, uh, I think he does bounty hunt, yeah. Like it's a it's a self owned business. So yeah. he's, he's a bit he's ba- bailer and bounty hunter oh, nice. combined. Yeah. So I think the church in Thessalonica knew right off the bat that it, this was not going to be the easy. We weren't going to follow Christ because it was going to be easy, popular, fun. Um, it was they they had to count the cost because it was right in front of them from the beginning that this is going to be difficult. Uh, if we're going to follow the way that Paul is speaking of, uh, but they 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 said that that was worth it, right? They they looked at it on balance and said that's worth it. Yeah, and we and we see in their in their in, you know in a later letter, right, that they responded so strongly to what Paul had to say. They're re, they they've already, I mean three week preaching they already got it, like they got the entire thing that you know. Christ had to suffer on the cross to pay the ransom of the world and to beat death, right? So, I mean, and, and they're reading, the, they're writing this in their letter, um, and I'm just like, man, how awesome would it be to just have a discipleship group for three weeks? Everybody's on, everybody's on God's page, and we just keep moving forward. How awesome would that be? It's apparently rare because I, I I think most of his other Paul's times were longer than three weeks. Yeah. Uh, so it's not that we would expect it, but it is remarkable that the Thessalonians um, the, the the Lord planted the word in their hearts pretty firmly, pretty quickly. I always equated it to deer hunting when my when I would sit there. <laughs> no, listen, listen, listen. You get that one opportunity. You've been in your stand for thirty minutes. And that deer comes out, you're like, boom, done. I don't have to sit here for five hours. And then you go back, you're excited, you go back to camp, and everyone's like, oh, man, awesome job. You're only there for 30 minutes. And I was like, yeah, what if that happens next time? And they're like, it won't. <laughs> yeah, that's your one. <laughs> that's your one. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking, and we, we mentioned that this morning, um, you know, uh, church planting uh, programs and uh, models and that kind of thing. Um and it was brought out that uh, remembering when uh, Paul and Silas were in uh, Thessalonica, he had gone to the synagogue, and it says he reasoned with them from the scriptures. Now we're talking about the Old Testament scriptures, and so he's using the Old Testament scriptures to help them to see the gospel message. And uh, what a challenge it would be for any of us uh, Sunday by Sunday um, to preach the gospel from the Old Testament. We're blessed to have uh, the New Testament and the the stories and the letters of Paul and the and the uh, gospels and those kind of things, but uh, Paul, prior to this time, uh, he's preaching from the Old Testament and he's showing them um, about the Messiah that he had to suffer, that he had to rise from the dead, and then trying to convince them uh, that this Jesus I'm proclaiming to you is indeed uh, the Messiah. And indeed, some of the Jews were persuaded and they joined them, as well as a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. Prominent women. Oh yeah, yeah. We did talk about uh, Ethan, the women. Y- yeah. your wife. We we deemed her an <laughs> e- deemed a prominent, prominent woman today. Well, actually, I I noticed on our uh, bulletin or worship folder this morning that yeah, in the uh, the staff of the church, it's it's Scooter and three prominent women. Oh, on the thing. Mm, that? like, oh, not bad. Prominent huh. women. Yeah. For the longest time, I'm not gonna lie. Um, 
in the bulletin, it said that I was the uh, minister of music for the longest time after Rebecca took took it. <laughs> and it took somebody else to say, hey, Wayne doesn't do this anymore. You need to put Rebecca's name. And I was like, well, that's the last time I'll see my name on paper. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't mind the anonymity. <laughs> but but on, the, on that note, yeah, we, we mentioned that because definitely in Philippi, right, right before going to Thessalonica, we, you know, Lydia is a big name. Uh, Lydia's house was where the house church started. Uh, likely a pretty big financial financial supporter. I'll just do that. Financer. Fin- financer of is that a word of the ministry? I don't know. I think One you're, you're thinking of the I E R financier. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was, I was trying to be way too fancy. <laughs> but yeah, that a a financial supporter of Paul's mission uh, with their purple cloth and all that. Jazz, um, and that it, it's a theme that these these women are embracing the gospel and uh, and it's a new being thing. Leaders, yeah, new theme, yeah. That historically a a, a radical change uh, in the dynamic of of the equality of men and women, and and um, not that there weren't key women in the Old Testament. It's just that they were uh, far more rare uh, than what the New Testament in the gospel. Uh, allows uh, for the role of women in the church and uh, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's uh, chapter sixteen, verse fourteen. I, I want to. I'll, I'll read it because this is. It takes the time to call Lydia out in her conversion. It says one who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. So she's already a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And then it says she's baptized and uh, asks him to come stay and is basically a part of the ministry from there on. But I find that interesting. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. That seems to have been a critical element of her ability to receive the word. Um, It seems special. The Lord picked her, opened her heart, and she responded uh, to faithfully join Paul and support him. Prominent prominent women. Prominent women. Now, what's the name of this podcast? Yeah, I'm working on it. Oh, okay. You think the Thessalonians were, were working on it? I think so. Yeah? <laughs> what were they working on? Definitely not where I derived the name from, but I will tell you, you know, it, <clears throat> so the name of this podcast, I was thinking of the name, and my wife came to me. I was writing down a whole bunch of stuff, right? And I was writing down names, and I was checking google and seeing if they were already taken and will this get you know get the message across um and she came into the room and she was like hey um what what what's going on with this project out in the out in out in the shop or something like when are you gonna get done and i was like hey yeah i'm working on it and i was like oh man that's it (laughs) i was like thank you so what are you working on now uh, right now, I have two projects that I'm about to start, actually. A toy box for Jarrett to keep all of his abundance of... It's not for Jarrett. It's for Jarrett. It, it's for you. I'm going to enjoy building it. Okay. That's no joke. Um, and I even got fancy and got some soft closed hinges so the, the fingers don't get Ooh. don't get whipped. Um, but that in a, in a laundry room organizer... That holds nine baskets for sorting, a iron top table. Uh, yeah, we're getting fancy. 
Nine baskets. Nine baskets. Oh, not There's nine. Sorry, six. Six. In your uh, yeah. Okay, well, let's start. Yeah. Over. Let's start. Over. Six, six baskets. Ba- <laughs> six baskets. <laughs> wow. And there's five people in the house. Yes. All right. Right, and two wear the same size. <laughs> so they get their own basket. Yeah. <laughs> and we have two dogs. So that's you know. Mm. Hey. Oh. There you go. Great. Yeah, it's gonna look good. Yeah. So, I don't have I don't have a a podcast or a Facebook marketplace on anything like that. So, um, you probably won't see the end product unless your scooter will and Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> and I may not even want to show the end product to y'all. <laughs> if you don't show us, we'll know uh, yeah, we'll how know. it ended up. Yeah. I always say function before form. Although that's. Uh, it's not as popular. Well, I'm an art major, so I go form over function. Mm-hmm. It's got to look aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Uh, we'll work around the uh, the functionality of it. What are you working on, Ethan? Uh, I, I don't work on much. <laughs> I don't work on much. Honest man. Yeah. In whom there is no guile. Yeah. He's, he's trying to find room for another monitor on his desk, I'm sure. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. I could get a new. Dude, yeah. why don't you just get a triple monitor stand? They're like eighty bucks. Come on, you you make Motiva money. Yeah. <laughs> well, or you could just stack some books. Right? That that doesn't look as good. <laughs> no, well, that's right. See again, functional reform for me in my house. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fine with the stands on the monitors that I have. They're good. It doesn't look very good. <laughs> I mean, your monitors look awesome. Yeah. It's like a spaceship in your den. But it's like you don't like that they're all physically touching the, the desk. Yeah, nope. And I, I did intentionally get like a twenty-eight inch deep desk so that even with uh, with the monitors on the desk, I can fully I fully extend my arms for for proper uh, ergonomics. ergonomics yes, yeah, important. My my arms are fully extended. That's our HSE moment for the day yeah, for those that care about such things. So, if you really cared about that, you would have built your desk to your body specifications like I did. I'm just saying. And it was a cost savings. Okay? Yeah. Oh, I did spend better. a lot of money on my desk. So. Yeah. I think I spent a grand total of 150 bucks mm. in 2 by 4s stain, and paint. Yeah. Spent a lot more than that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, some of us, if we had attempted that, would have spent a lot more as well because right. we'd had to build it three times to get it right. <laughs> Yeah, so I have a, a free uh, drafting software called SketchUp. Uh, there's a whole Sponsored bunch of by SketchUp. <laughs> so hopefully, maybe one day, but it's free, so I don't know how much money I'm going to get. Um, but yeah, it's a free drafting um, software, so I can actually tally up my cut list and links. So I buy the exact right amount of wood, nice. and I always typically usually buy two more extra pieces. Mm. Because even though I have the right dimensions, we all know when you cut a quarter of an inch off, mm. you go back to fit it, you're four inches short. <laughs> <laughs> Was that one over four or four over one? I thought you were going to do an execution joke. <laughs> I still have to execute it. Right, right. According to plan. <laughs> Scooter, what are you working on? Uh, <clears throat> I'm not, act- well, I'm working on the yard, I guess I should say. I'm working on the yard. Waiting for Scotts to deliver my uh, bonus S. Now, is is it true that you are fairly particular about the way that your yard looks? I'm I'm getting that way. I'm getting that way. I'm I'm treating for weeds right now and plucking weeds and uh, and I'm I'm putting down um, 
pro something or another for a pre-emergent, and uh, I've thrown down some atrazine for uh, the POA, and uh, I'm, I'm working on getting my yard in shape. Now, that, that may sound like gibberish to some of us uh, yard novices. Yeah, well, you chemical people What's should know. What's a POA? A POA, I, it actually has a second word, uh, A-N-N-U-A. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but it's a, um, it's a hideous little weed uh, that is really a, um, a terrible thing on golf courses, especially around the greens. Uh, POA is just a terrible thing, and so uh, uh, it also is pretty bad in your San Augustine yard, so I've getting rid of some of the POA and uh, Virginia grass. buttonweed. Ooh, right? the old Virginia buttonweed, that yes. That was last year, right? It's a later, it's a later uh, spring and summer kind of weed. Um, but uh, I've discovered a new um, uh, weapon against that, so when it, when it rears its ugly head, I will be able to uh, slap it down this year. What about stick? Stickers. Oh, the stickers. stickers. Well, you know, most. Well, I found that even like uh, I have those we'd be gone for southern weeds. We'll take care of stickers. Okay. Yeah. It's good to know. Just mix it up and spray it. Later on the garden hour, we're yes. going to talk about. <laughs> I would be sponsored by so far by Scott. Scott. <laughs> the Mansfield Pickle Parade. Stuart Bailbon. And Stuart Bailbons. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, they. I mean, they do say that the older a man progresses, he's going to fall into three categories. You're either going to smoke meat, you're going to read stories about submarines, or you're going to be a yard enthusiast. Yard enthusiast. Submarines. Submarines. What are you, Ethan? What was my other option? You have smoking meat, Mm. submarines, or yard enthusiasts. I'll I'll take submarines of that list. (laughs) Well, I mean, Ethan's not exactly old. (laughs) Submarines for a thousand, please. (laughs) I actually read about submarines yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I watched an entire afternoon of Meat Church, which hopefully they will sponsor this podcast Meat eventually. Church. It's it's probably one of my my uh, one favorite activity is to buy anything Meat Church that I can and make delicious smoked meat with it. Is this a real church? Not not one bit. I mean, it is it is not um, uh, Church of God at all. Um, it is just a congregation of meat smoking people um, that I will say on their Facebook their Facebook group can get ruthless. I mean ruthless. Do they do they have a creed that identifies them as the meat church? Um, no, but the one thing that I see on there all the time is stop disrespecting this expensive cut of meat. <laughs> Like by doing by doing this, or my favorite one was there was a post. It was a long time ago. Somebody put a section of a brisket into a crock pot with root beer, and I think that person exited out of that group so quickly. I'm like, this is a smoked meat Facebook page. No root beer involved. No crock pots, folks. That makes me want to troll them. <laughs> I, I did go read every one of the comments, which was like 400 something comments, and I was like. Okay, I need to pray for this guy because he's gonna have some self-esteem issues later. <laughs> did they edit the comments? I mean, uh, oh no, no the the, uh, the the guy did promptly come on there and say, "Hey, this is unacceptable. Like, this is an uplifting page. Like, we're just having fun here." And then everybody came back and said, "No, this is blasphemy. This needs to go away." <laughs> is that don't they don't you smoker people feel the same about pellet smokers? Uh, no, see, okay, so that that's <clears throat> that could be a whole podcast in itself, Ethan, but um, 
okay, so and I'm I'm a little bit more, um, uh, I'm a little bit more of a of a uh, barbecue snob. I feel like if you're not managing a fire, you're not working for it. Um, and we have a we have a church member here, Gordon, um, who is a prominent pellet pellet grill. Uh, prominent. Prominent. Did you say pellet girl? Grill. Grill. Oh. Um, he uses his camp chef. Uh, I mean, he produces really good stuff. I mean, it his food is phenomenal. Can't but, confirm. But I tell him all the time, stop using the Easy Bake Oven and be a man. Like, let's use an actual wood burner. Like, put some actual logs in there, let it burn, and have fun. But nobody wants to dedicate the time to sitting in front of the smoker for 12 hours and watching a fire. I'm like, guys, that's the point of it. Like, that's 12 hours of my life that I just to sit down and not do anything. <laughs> Sounds like another form versus function. For me, it's all about the taste. Yeah, I just want you to make something delicious for me. <laughs> yes. And that, and I'm okay with that because <laughs> I will sacrifice the time to making sure that that beautiful black smoked, well, we call it we call it bark, mm-hmm. right? The it's got to have bark. Oh, I love the bark. Um, but I'm just gonna say crust for everybody else. Like that, it's got to have a black, beautiful crust on it. And if it doesn't have that, and I mean, I've I've had one person come out and say, "I'm not eating that. It's burnt." And I was like, "Please exit my house the same way you entered." <laughs> not not a lot of tolerance for that. <laughs> no, no, I'm 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 definitely not tolerant of it. And if you ask me for barbecue sauce. Yeah, we heard Scooter sigh. That was a yeah, big sigh. If you ask for barbecue sauce, more of a hiss. I will, I will personally escort you out <laughs> through the side gate. You don't even get to walk through the house. What about so, so, ketchup? Hey, I was gonna say Some ketchup. ketchup. <laughs> if you're four years old and your name is Jarrett, whatever gets you to eat meat, I don't care. But if you're a grown man asking for ketchup with your barbecue, mm. I'm just tossing you in the back of the property. How about you, A1 with your steak? Absolutely not. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, it's Heinz, not a good steak if you need A1. Right. Heinz 57, A1. Losing sponsors. <laughs> yeah. I don't want that sponsor. We don't want them. <laughs> we don't want that business, Ethan. <laughs> we have principles. Yes. I mean, it's kind of like you in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can't even hang with you in Star Wars because it's all canon. Like, <laughs> no Disney over here, right? Hmm. But I'm like, that's how I feel about barbecue. I'm a canon barbecue guy. We just lost Disney, by the way. Yeah. We just lost Disney. No, they'll buy us. Do you think so? Okay. Well, they buy everything media-related. It's true. <laughs> Very true. But I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm not giving y'all anything for it. <laughs> anything else y'all are working on? You're going to England. I'm going to, I'm, yes, I'm going to England on Tuesday, Lord willing. There's a story behind that, and I'll tell you later. But, uh, yeah, going to England and uh, visiting some friends and uh, our family uh, hopefully making some new friends. I'm very curious about uh, how is it that a, a whole uh, country full of people managed to learn how to talk wrong all at the same time. And so I'm, I'm talking about the U.S. or the no, UK? No, I'm talking about the U.K. They all talk funny over there, and I, I want to understand how that happened. I want, you, I want you to ask them to say one word while you're over there. What word is that? Taco. 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 There you go. A taco. Yes. Taco. A taco. You're like, no, it's a taco. Tacos. It's a taco. Tacos. Yeah. That's right. Isn't that kind of like a, a baby chick looking at the hen and saying, how did you come to be like that? <laughs> yes. 
History's written by the victor. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All you have to do is win the war, yeah. and then you're the right one. Yeah, that's true. Good yes. point. Yeah. Good point. So it's I'm, only a revolutionary yeah. war if you win. It's a civil war if you lose. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I really am looking to go, looking forward to going to England. We're going to uh, be at Stratford on Avon for a few nights, and uh, going to be um, or Strat yeah Stratford Stratford on Avon, and then uh, York in London for a bit. Um, unfortunately, it's quite a short trip, so we may have to do it again in the future. But uh, looking forward to England. So are you going anywhere near Bath, England? I, I do plan on showering, but no, I no, no, not Bath one not there. the facilities, the actual. Like I have village to town. Where does anyone know what Bath I is? I have no idea. That's where my aunt lives. I've never. Oh, she lives I've, in Bath. Yeah, I've I've not talked to her in thirty four years. Huh. I don't even remember talking to her when I was one. Cornwell, that's a good British name. Well, it's funny. Like my name, actually, we I did a whole genealogy project about my last name, um, and I am a direct descendant of General Cornwallis. His daughter was so appalled that he lost to a bunch of peasants that she changed her name to cornwell and ran to scotland wow how about that that's pretty neat so on fourth of july i just say happy tyranny day (laughs) (laughs) take another brisket off the smoke well i mean i i am i am like seventh generation texan so um, yes. I, I follow it more so the Texas Independence Day. Yeah. Oh, Ethan's, uh, Ethan's bringing me up some geography here, and we're not going to be anywhere near Bath. Uh, we'll be up in Birmingham, which is um, yeah, kind of uh, north-northwest of London, and then York, and then back down to London, but nowhere near Bath, unfortunately. Um, Seven generations yeah. in Texas. I, I think what it's it's either five. It, it's it's we are we're guessing there confirmed at least six. Hmm. Nice. I'm, I'm about three Texan and straight from England on the other side. Oh, nice via Canada. Via Canada. Yes. She was born in in Canada on on the way to Texas. Oh wow! Uh, yes. Trying to get to Texas as fast as they could. Right. Yes. My story too. Yeah, and um, I don't know. <laughs> A few, a few. A few. Uh, I, I, from what I understand, my great grandfather maybe came over from Germany. So, oh wow, maybe just a few generations on that side. Cool. Well, I got grafted in. First generation Texan, right here. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, changing the trajectory of the whole family tree. While he sits here in a Purdue shirt. That's right, boiler up, baby, and and my cowboy boots. Boiler up and hammer down, boys. <laughs> That's right, baby. That is right. Me and Will share a very um, unique relationship. Um, we're, I think, the only certified Big Ten people <laughs> in this church. It would seem like it. Maybe in this church, yeah. 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 And, and even in the area, not, not that many. I, when college football season does come around, I, I can't really look Scooter in the, directly in the eye, so I have to like pick the second button down. Yeah. Um, from his years up in because this, And he's like, eyes up, Wayne, eyes yeah. up. Yeah, because he he actually pastored in Battle Creek, Michigan. I I, mm. I can't. Yes. It, my my vocabulary just that word that that name that that noun doesn't even exist. Um, we refer to it as the team up north. An improper noun. Yeah, we we don't yes. we don't acknowledge their presence, hmm. um, and I, I very much adhere to the gospel of Woody Hayes, of not a cent of my money will go to that state. Is he a member of a meat church? 
Yeah, is that the gospel of, of Beach? Woody Hayes was the head coach for Ohio State in the uh, fifty or late fifties through the sixties. Uh, no, he was not a member of Meat Church. Meat Church is very new. Uh, Woody Hayes has been dead, okay. but I did name my truck after Woody Hayes. Oh, nice. All right, I've, I've got to weigh in on this story just so we can get this straight. Um, in 1989 is when I left Texas and went to Michigan to pastor uh, the Level Park Baptist Church in uh, Battle Creek, Michigan. And uh, when I got there, I discovered that uh, everybody in Michigan was either a Michigan State fan mm. or a University of Michigan fan. Mm. Well, I looked at their school colors, and the maize Perfect. and blue, the royal blue and maize, just was a better combina- color combination for me than the green and white. Uh-huh. And so I became a Michigan fan at that point, uh, based, based entirely on the color of their un- un- uniforms. Always so, a good reason to, to pick a team. So I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fast forward in, his, in history a little bit there. Uh, when we came from Mansfield, where uh, me and Callie uh, kind of started our relationship, she was in Tyler, um, you know, we ended up getting married and we were coordinating our wedding colors and her high school was blue and, and yellow. And, um, she said, Hey, I want these as our wedding colors. And I said, absolutely not. Uh, we're not doing that. Um, and she said, why? She didn't quite understand. I hadn't really got the opportunity to train her on a proper football team, um, and how that works. Um, but, uh, I said, well, that's that's Michigan colors, and, and I, that's not suitable. I'm not going to put that on my body. Um, so uh, she said, you're being ridiculous. <clears throat> and I said, call my grandmother, who lives in Whitehall, which is right next to Columbus, which is 20 minutes from the Ohio State University. Which one? The. Oh, okay. Yeah, patent pending. <laughs> Copyright pending. Um, but um, she called my grandmother. And my grandmother said, "No, I'm not coming. <laughs> if you're gonna wear those colors, so I said, you can choose. You can you can choose different colors. So she went with a canary yellow. I was like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. It was it was much different than the Michigan gold. For which occasion was this? Our wedding. Your wedding. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, I, and and I will say, I pitched two different tuxedos. I wanted either a camo with an orange bow tie. That was thrown out of the window pretty quick. Um, and then I said, okay, fine. I get it. Like, you want people to see me? So I said, what about a Texas flag tuxedo with cowboy hats? And again, it, she said it was ridiculous. And I was like, this is not ridiculous. This is this is Texas pride at its finest. That's really too bad that didn't happen. Yes. Really I, I still cry about it at night. Oh, my. Well, I just want to – part of the issue is you keep saying blue and yellow. That is not. Not even blue and gold. Maize. It's blue and maize. Is that because it's the color of corn? It's blue and maize. (laughs) It's blue and yellow. No. I think think maize would be a subset of the family yellow. Could be. Because you know there's there's maroon. Which is some subset of red. And then there's... Aggie maroon. Oh, right. Yeah, right. So Just a little hue difference. There. Yes, there's yeah. maroon and there's yeah. Aggie maroon. There's Texas and Texas orange. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's burnt. that's burnt orange. Burnt orange. Burnt orange. orange. So I came from a UT-based school, 
and everybody gives me grief all the time. They're like, hey, you went to a UT school. I'm like, and in no way do we support the Longhorns. Like, they feel like they're more superior than every other UT system school. So kind of like uh, the French Revolution, you're going to be like the, the, the end-all, be-all. We're going to revolt against you. Um, and I think this past year, UTSA actually had a more had a better winning record than Texas. UTSA actually went to a bowl game. Texas had to sit on the sidelines because they were so bad. So you'll be rooting for Purdue tonight. They're playing Texas. I will. Sweet. I, I win now. The only team that I'm actually okay with losing to in the Big Ten is Wisconsin and Purdue because that seems to be the only two guys who can beat us on a regular basis. So I just kind of get geared up for that loss. And they have such great people and great fans. <laughs> okay, yeah. No so, Ethan, what else are we working on? <laughs> I was just wondering who else remembers their wedding colors, because I have no idea uh, what mine were. Ours were like a crimson and a light gray, I think. Look at this guy. Dark, dark red. Roll, <laughs> tears roll over here. Nope, nope, nope. Nope. My my loyalties lie with uh, in Premier League soccer, so no American football for me. Go so we're we're Go probably Reds. never going to talk about soccer. Yeah. On this, I'm good for yeah. it. Yeah. No. 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 Wayne's the curator, so no. No. a true no. sport. You cheer for where you're from. Oh, not, you, not, you do? Yeah, not where. What colors? Yeah. Oh, I didn't choose mine based on colors. You can take, <laughs> you can take all of the points scored mm. in Premier Soccer in a whole year, mm. and it won't add up to the points scored in one American college football game. That's true. So I'm going for the more points scored. Seventy something matches. You could. You could. Now, if they gave him seven points for every goal, maybe. You know. You know, my one thing my uncle, who unfortunately has passed away now, he said, you know what would make soccer more interesting? Is if you had a ringside around it that had nothing but guys with paintball guns <laughs> shooting the players while they were trying to score goals. I think you could apply that to any sport. I would. That and figure skating. Imagine NASCAR. Pop, 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 pop. You can't see. Mm. <laughs> You're wrecking. It would be more wrecks. Figure skating, uh, huh? that would definitely. Yeah, yes. but soccer's so nice. You you get to watch forty five minutes straight of of unadulterated, un no ads, no commercials. But it's here's so, here's my gripe about so. soccer. These these are elite athletes. Yes, yeah. right. They're, they're running miles and miles and miles per game. Yes. They are they are elite athletes, and they let you know uh-huh. they're elite athletes. Right. But all I seem to have to do is stomp on their toe and they frail around like a flounder out of water. Not even that. You're saying that doesn't, that doesn't happen in basketball? Or? Well, I don't like basketball either. So, um, I mean, we, we, go with, we go with men's sports in my house, like hockey. Uh, I would argue that hockey is, they are much more conditioned than a soccer player. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, football and baseball. Football, you get a break. You just only you only have to be offense or defense. Um, but you are giving a one hundred percent each snap. Mm. Unlike soccer, you, get a break, you even get to break that into four. Hey, let me ask you this: in hockey, they have something called diving, which is where if you fake, like you follow the ice, faking like you were fouled, you're the one that gets the foul, and you huh? have to sit out for two minutes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't that rule exist? In soccer, isn't there a some kind of a dive, uh, a fake 
Uh, you can get a yellow card for faking an injury. Uh, I don't know about that. I thought it it's just the game just goes on without you, and you're hurting your team. Yeah. Okay, so, this I'm thing about the hockey fun. players. Uh, if they are so macho. macho and in shape, why do they only play three periods? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, where's the fourth quarter? Yeah. Because they also, the they also play like nine months out of the year. They, but they run out of they run out of energy after three periods. What you would too if you're skating, stick handling, and going back and forth. Maybe they're playing three halves. That. Mm. See, this mm. is how why many, Will is on my side. How many of the minutes table. are in a period? I think fifteen. So you only have to play for forty five minutes. Soccer, no, I soccer? think you're right. Twenty minutes. Mm. Twenty minutes. So well, and a third is bigger than a half because three is bigger than two. I've got it now. Right. <laughs> 60 minutes is like the first sub-in time in soccer. Mm. Like, you got to play nine. Yeah, that's true. But you're still just a bunch of sissies. Oh, man, here it is. Mm. We're going to turn off the microphones, duke it out. We'll let you know how it goes. I'm not going to hit him. (laughs) You can still wrestle. We can't Indian leg wrestle. Speak. (laughs) I I bet I win. (laughs) You'd probably win. Ethan's scrappy, though. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think leg wrestling, though, he may have, man. I don't know. I do a lot of air squats. I'm, I'm working on it. There you go. I'm working on it. So, anyway. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for uh, joining our uh, new episode here. Um, we are going to be trying to post at least once a week. Of course, next week, Scooter won't be able to join us. Uh, he will. He will be over in England. <laughs> you sound like you're from Harry Potter. Yes. <laughs> Hello. So hopefully he doesn't come back with a weird accent. Um, because, you know, the one thing that I have gotten a lot from those English people is they like to say that they're the one, we are the ones who speak incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to correct them. Anyway, we pray for Brother Scooter we, we having. We win the war. So. <laughs> well, I mean, as peasants, mm-hmm. as my great, 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 great grandmother would say. <laughs> peasants. Um, anyway. Um, so uh, we pray for his uh, safe travels, and um, uh, if, you, if you have a comment or anything, leave it down below, and uh, we'll certainly get to you. But First uh, Thessalonians, good read. Um, read that over, kind of dive in, and um, you know, go down the Old Testament wormhole uh, of all the reference scriptures and everything with it. So uh, we pray that you have a good week, and uh, we'll see you all later. Thanks for dropping in.